On this podcast, we talk to thought leaders about feminine and masculine energy and how it shows up in our business, our parenting, and especially our relationships. We'll dig deep on any and all topics under the sun. Grab a coffee and buckle up. This is the She's the Owner podcast. Hey, everybody. It's Kara from the She's the Owner podcast, and we have Ramsey Ayachi. So Ramsey and I met... I've seen him around, actually, he and his wife, Monica, a few times at Tony events, but it wasn't until the date with Destiny where we really got to chat. And um, I've invited him on the show and he graciously accepted. So here we are. So, hey, Ramsey, what's up? <laughs> what's up, everybody? What's up, Kara? Thanks for having I was delinquent and getting on this podcast for so long. That's okay. There's so many, there's so many good things to talk about. So I, I feel like let's just dig in. And one of the things that I, so we were just talking leading up to, to pressing record about coronavirus and you guys had some challenges moving around and you're back to where you began. But what I really, and this is, I think important to talk about. So for me, I just got back together with my husband after date with destiny, actually. Yes. However, I have in true Kara fashion, I defaulted back to my masculine pretty much the moment coronavirus started, where I was happy to be in my feminine. I was all warm and gushy. And then when when the situation happened, I freaked out and I went hurtling back into my masculine. So I know Monica, she's like, she's a boss and she too, like both of us have strong masculine energy, but also practice the feminine. So let's talk a bit about that. Like I haven't actually talked about it in, you know, around the Corona stuff, but how did she, how did you guys manage that in terms of masculine fem, feminine energy? Like maybe talk a little bit about how you guys are in a non-crisis situation and then <laughs> maybe uh, tell us a bit about, did it shift when all this shit started happening? Uh, so there's some subtleties and layers in the, in the accurate answer to that question. Um, if I, climb up to 80,000 feet and answer you from that perspective, just like, you know, at that altitude, the, uh, coronavirus began for us probably about a year ago. Um, and it's been, there's been a lot of, a lot of churn and a lot of changes and a lot of, uh, events happening. And so for us, coronavirus is, was, this is how we kind of viewed it. We kind of like, seriously god like one more thing we, we gotta focus on and it wasn't right. like oh my god you know like during the headlights with regards to that topic um some of the challenges that we had were um moving relationship career change like major shit that when people are experiencing it, it it's it's not abnormal for them to to uh go into their you know, they're, I need for, I need certainty right now kind of mindset. Right. So before we were working a lot through a lot of those things. And when I met you, we were working through our marriage. In fact, mm-hmm. for me to get to that location, uh, there was some serious burning of bridges that occurred like major burning of bridges while I was in the process of pursuing another career that I did because it was important to me. Um, now let me give a little bit more detail. Our, our background, we're both, we're both Marines. She's still in the reserves and I'm a, a a veteran and we're kind of used to like dealing with 
your leg getting blown up and seeing, you know, um, difficult things. So the, probably the hardest thing for us to manage together has been just being in the business together. Ooh. Right. Tell, tell everybody what your business is. I forgot to bring that. I got too excited and I didn't ask you to tell us what you do. <laughs> so the short answer is that we, we, we do hypnosis. We use hypnosis and NLP and very, and I, I really, I hesitate to say it cause he's a, he's a master. So we kind of do like individual stuff with people using those subconscious other than conscious um, strategies coupled with conscious brain strategies to help get people out of their, you know, whatever their bullshit story is that they're telling themselves and to map out with clarity what they're going to be like, what's the pull for them? Because usually people are, are running away with uh, fear. Oh, and, getting some feedback. Yeah, I think that's. Hold on a second. Yeah, uh, usually it's fear. So we had um, we we help people. Usually it's more individual, and we started doing that with uh, businesses too, because businesses are comprised of people. Uh, so that's what we did. Okay. Yeah. So you run the business together, and has that always been the way? It started off for about. Uh, almost a year by herself. She was, you know, it was a lifestyle business. It was her seeing clients, her doing this hat, that hat, this hat. And, um, you know, she's always been a real, uh, a real achievement oriented person and growth is one of her values. Uh, so when she started it, I was still active duty and I was kind of looking at it from the outside going, okay, what is this? Because I was not familiar with hypnosis at all. But I got into it because I was actually, my story was I needed to have certainty. So I got mm. into it because I needed to rewrite my own story. And at the time, I went and visited a, uh, a hypnotist. And she's actually a really good friend of ours now. Um, and she's the one that helped me. It's important to know that subconscious work, it doesn't take things to zero. You know, right. some people, they, they feel as if once you have that experience, it's like, well, I'll never have that thought again in my life, which is not, right. that's not reality. It brings it to a level that enables you to get into action where, where it normally wouldn't happen. You would, you would still be surrounded with a bunch of fear. So uh, after about a year, I jumped in. I started becoming very client-facing. She was very much in the back office, you know, the ringmaster spinning plates and marketing and all that stuff. And she, uh, as the CEO and the founder, um, she basically laid the foundation to scale it. And I became the, if you want an equivalent, the COO, uh, and ran the operations of the, of the business. So, yeah. And we've always kind of been doing the same thing. You know, we're both pilots in the Marine Corps. We're both in the same business. So a lot of like knowledge about what the other person's doing. And part of that is looking at it going, ah, I wouldn't do it that way, which is all right. judgment, right? So, so I also run a business with my husband. This business is my own, although he is in it because he's excited by what I'm trying to do with, uh, with She's the Owner. But so, we, I, you know, really what, it, what I'm curious about is who wears who's in what energy when, and do you catch it? Like, do you catch 
you catch it if she's too far in her masculine? Are you catching it if you're too far in your feminine where there's no, no more polarity? Like we both watched. So just to give everyone context, like yesterday we, there's a Tony Robbins comeback challenge that I think there's like 300,000 people in it right now, which is unbelievable. Like when you think about, yeah, like those, they're not all us. I know that much. Right. And so (laughs) he's impacting way more people from this. And I think that's the beauty of it is to see the gift in that. Like he would never, and now he's doing a studio to like, it's a totally different chain now where people who may not have been able to make it are going to get this content from him, which is unreal. So yesterday was relationship day and um, Ramsey and I both were at date with destiny in December and relationship day was awesome. (laughs) Terrifying. Oh yeah. But awesome. So when we talk about polarity, tell me kind of your take on it and then how it shows up in your relationship. Because I really want, the the podcast originally was for women business owners to really start to own the fact that we're too far in our masculine and not enough in our feminine and that fucks everything up. But now it's morphed into this talking to people like you, like thought leaders on it, people that understand it about, and just educating both people now rather than just the women. But talk about what you feel polarity is and then how that shows up for you and Monica. Sure. Um, if there's, you know, I'm, I was listening to what you're saying um, intensely. And th- if there's one truth that I've noticed about polarity, it's that we, you know, in, in the, the masculine and feminine energies, and for people that want to learn more about it, it's really helpful to uh, check out Alison Armstrong because she, she nails it and she's actually the originator of those terms. Um, so I definitely and highly recommend uh, reaching out to her organization to learn more about it. Um, that being said, she, she's coming on the show. Oh, awesome. Look at you. I know. I'm so excited. Moving on that, up to what, a deep apartment. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Um, good for you. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. I love her. When I saw her there, oh man, I, I she gave her. Floats. She does. Like, she, she doesn't even walk. She floats. It's she's a little white. She's like, oh, yeah. Yo. Hello? Hold on one second. I think Kay. Monica's thingamajig is like getting in the car. Hold on one second. Okay. Okay, so polarity. What has helped me understand it better is in, in Western cultures, my observation is that we are very black and white. And we have developed this very black and white attitude and perspective of things in order to understand. And a lot of it has to do because Western culture has to, you know, we got to put things in an Excel spreadsheet. We got to measure it. We got to do all that stuff because otherwise it it can't exist. And if you know anything about uh, theoretical and classical physicists, they don't even agree on what they, what they're uh, talking about. And they actually came up with a principle which is, um, I'm trying to remember the term, I think it's Heisenberg cut, where it's like a line in the sand that they agree not to cross. And just because they see the chair levitating over there, the, the classical physicists will go, I'm just not going to look at that. So right. we have that disparity in the science community. And most people try to think of polarity as a, a zero and one game, a black and white game. And really... What I, I think what, I, what I've taken away from it is that it's okay to manage and to flow in and out of both of them. Mm. 
your your conscious awareness if if you're <clears throat> again i hate to use these absolute terms but if you if your conscious awareness is elevated it's because you're able to flow in and out of those different energy states uh on command when you want to being the person that's uh, required in that that particular uh activity that you're you're taking part in so one of the hesitations i have because it's such a deep topic topic um at an event like a day with destiny it's hard to condense everything into bullets for people to take away and so it's kind of left to be um oh it's don't criticize don't um close yourself off and don't um uh what's the third c control don't control control. and then make sure you're paying attention you see you're here and then you're you're creating safety for your uh, for the feminine energy like he, he he's he's offering people bullets to have handholds to understand but what they're not seeing is that, well, I'm just going to stay over here. Right. Let's stay here. And this is my space and I don't want to get out. And if I get out of it, I'm bad. Right. If I get out. I'm wrong. If I get out of it, you know, we've started putting all these labels on things. So it's really helpful to look at it. Like it's this semi-permeable membrane. You're just moving back and forth and what's appropriate here and who's going to take the lead and who's not going to take the lead. And that's been really, um, mm. very, enlightening but it's also been the nucleus of why you know like in my marriage it's it's i wouldn't say my i don't think any marriage is easy first of all um but i think it's been the nucleus for why we've fought a lot and we've had a lot of differences because there's this kind of there's this inherent judgment Mm. that is uh that's that's been present and and we you know we we put in a significant amount of effort to um, you know, to do like, kind of like how Tony and Sage modeled yesterday. Just like, who cares? Who goes right. first? Say it. I love you. I'm so sorry that I was, I was acting in my crazy. Please forgive me. You know, thank you. Right. And it doesn't matter, but we, we're looking at each other and we have a disparity between reality and expectation. And when we don't meet it, we know, oh, I'm supposed to be in my, poly- my, uh, masculine. Oh, I'm supposed to be in my, my feminine. And then we start judging each other again. So we, we mm-hmm. slip cycle. So that's that's how I understand it. I, I understand it also from the place of uh, as a I was trained as an engineer. Um, just you you got a charge, and for something to flow from high to low or low to high or or wet to dry or whatever, you got to have a, a delta. And when you have that delta, things are natural. When you don't, you have the repulsion of you know, like two magnets that are both positive. You're trying to push them together. They just do mm. that. Um, it's, it's nature. It's nature to have that. And with that nature comes that attraction. Yeah. And I think like when you're talking about the putting, putting things in boxes or, or black and white, it's sort of the masculine prefers that. And I think that might be why he does it that way, because without realizing it, like in the feminine, we don't need, I think we just rely more on, we do. I don't think, see, I just did it. (laughs) I feel, (laughs) I feel that if we're in flow, we rely more on the heart to make, so you could be in your heart. It doesn't mean you're in your feminine, but if you're in your heart, you're going to know what I need. You're not going to have to think too hard about it. You might, you might have to think a bit, but like, I feel like 
I, I feel you in that because it's, it is sort of like this dance all the time. But mm-hmm. if you're out of judgment and you're out of your mind and you're in the lower part of yourself, the heart, the soul, wherever, things definitely, I think, just flow easier and decisions on what should I do? Like if, if you're present and you're listening to me vent, I think instinctively you'll know to shut up and not try and solve it. It doesn't have to be like this checklist. In the beginning it does. Because a lot yeah. of people don't well, get what you're saying, right? They're like, what do you mean? You'll just know. Well, you trust. when to, I think a mature masculine man will start to just trust instinctively. He knows what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Instead of like, holy shit, now, you know, because in the beginning, that's how it feels. I know for Ken, he's got fucking lists everywhere, notes everywhere, right? Step one, yeah. look at her eyes. Right. Step, Step two, two, hand on Turn shoulder. On. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think because you're so developed, it's it's natural to you. But I think for the less developed guys and gals, it is it is helpful to see that, okay, like right now, am I being a critical bitch? And why? Like for the first, oh, I don't know, two or three months, and even now, I'm like, do I have do I really need to be saying that to him right now? No. It's like, <laughs> why am I saying it? Because you're being an asshole. Why? I don't know. Why do you think? And you have this conversation and in maybe a year, the thought won't even be there anymore. I won't have to stop and question it. It'll just be a feeling of just shut up, carry on. But it's, it's tricky, right? Like, and I talk a lot about, I mean, I'm 44. I was raised in the eighties and that's when like all these power chicks started to come out and we don't need a man and snap, snap and like power suits and all this shit. And then we made you think we didn't need you. And then you were like, peace out. You don't need me. And now a lot of the 40-year-olds are like, there's no good men left. Um, there are, but they don't want to yeah. be with women who act like dudes. Like, yeah. that's it, right? So let's talk a little bit about, if you're cool with it, like how you grew up. I mean, in the military, that's, I think, um, I don't know if you know my buddy, Neil Conlon. He was on the show. Um, he was the, remember the beard guy at Date with Destiny? <laughs> Giant beard? That's Neil. He yeah. was on the show. And I, I'm, yeah, he's, I, I get mad at him. I'm like, would you shave that fucking thing already? He's like, no, it's good. People know me because of the beard. I'm like, you're an idiot with this beard. But it's yeah, visual- <laughs> I know. I but he's like, he really, he's branded that shit. <laughs> like enough. Okay. <laughs> um, he and I met at his first UPW when I was crewing in uh, Newark, I think it was, and became fast friends. He kept trying to leave every day. He's like, I think I'm going to bounce. And I'm like, I don't think you're bouncing anywhere. And every day's like, thanks for keeping me in my seat. I'm like, no problem. Um, so yeah, he's a wicked guy. And he, so he came on, he was the first guy to come on and talk about mature masculine and being really like honoring the king, the warrior, the lover, the magician. Um, so what, did, what was it like growing up for you? I mean, if you're in the military, I, I have a sense of what that he was too. Um, but were you encouraged to be vulnerable as a boy? Were you encouraged to be open or did you have the opposite experience? Um, <clears throat> opposite uh, to speak succinctly. Uh, it was it was opposite. My my uh, my uh, father is he immigrated to the United States. My mom is uh, Mexican American. So uh, real strong household. She was the oldest, and she was the first to go to college. And then my my dad, he was like you know, pioneer coming all the way from North Africa here. So there's a lot of shut your pie hole, get it done kind of, uh, and it, you know, again, 
blame intelligently. Um, yep. It was because of them that I've accomplished what I've accomplished uh, up until this point. So I, I do remember a lot of um, those kind of experiences, both positive and both kind of like, hmm, I don't really enjoy someone following me around, you know, commenting on everything that's happening. Right. Fast forward to the military again there. And it's just a complete bastion. My, the college I went to was a, a, one of the service academies. So it reinforced it even more when you're in that formative, um, you know, immature masculine stage. Mm. And you're around a bunch of people who are um, hierarchical and you're inside of a system that's very hierarchical. So it reinforces that, that uh, like need to dominate each other. And then what did I do? Instead of going into the Navy, I went into the Marine Corps. I don't know what I was thinking. No, I'm kidding. Uh, love it. It's, it was so many great people. Marines are uh, a unique breed of people. Um, but it reinforced it again. I would say the Marine Corps, out of all the services, is probably one of the most heavily focused on traditions. Mm. And it's, you know, it's a uh, connection to its history. Um, that environment is where I met Monica. And here's Monica rolling in. She's, um, you know, in an environment where she's got to prove herself. I'm in an environment where we were, we we're about seven years difference in age. So I was, I was already kind of over the, the whole, I need to prove myself kind of thing inside the Marine Corps. She was just starting off. And so, um, you know, she was the only female pilot in the Marine Corps in that squadron and that whole airframe during that period so all the planes that had or this particular uh model plane that was flown she was the only female across the entire fleet so that began the um you know being feeling like an outsider bringing it home me being very ill-equipped and i'm i'm totally open kimono right now being very ill-equipped to look at her and she's feeling frustrated and feeling uh like she's not part of the tribe at, at the squadron and the squadrons by the way are very tribal very very tribal um they quickly cull people out of the herd that they don't like so here she is having to exist it's a single seat aircraft it's uh the harrier uh vertical takeoff landing jump jet so everybody's the greatest pilot on planet earth and they all think very highly of themselves and when she was experiencing hardship or difficulty, that would come into our household. And there I am. I didn't have any Tony. I didn't have any hypnosis. I had nothing. I was just looking at her like, what's up, Marine? Because we we're both Marine. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's your problem, Marine? You know, pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Let's, yeah. let's giddy up. You know, quit crying. Woo. That did not do anything good for our relationship. <laughs> no. And that went on for a long time. Yeah. Um, I would say that the need... Uh, you know, using the reference system to have common speak, the need for um, uh, certainty and for uh, love and connection and um, significance. Those were probably like my top three needs at that time in my life. And we just were not, we were uh, not giving each other what we needed. It's, it's really, it's a testament to our, our like, tenacity that we're still together i'll be honest with you because if some of the shit that we went through together as a married couple 
I, I mean, people would have left one another for far less than that. Right. And it's just through sheer determination and sheer, um, you know, he said something yesterday that was so like, woo, it was like a big, you know, 50 million lumen flashlight on it. He goes, most people are into the ship of the relationship. Yes. And when he said that, I was like, damn, that was me. That used to be me, like big time. Like I was like, yeah. I'm going to stay in this marriage. I don't care what happens. Yeah. I'm going down and with like, the Titanic. Yeah. Yeah. Look, 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 look with my snorkel on. Um, so that was, that's the, the setup in the background. And for the past, you know, eight, nine years we've been working on, we've been like intensely working on one another and working with each other to, um, to establish what we now know as polarity. Right. You know, it, it wasn't present before. So mom, very strong woman, dad, um, very intellectual. Um, they got divorced. Right. On the child. That it doesn't sound like they had any polarity though, if they were both in their masculine. And I always say like somebody, a woman, we can outrun you. We can outlast you. Like if, if we're both fighting for alpha, we'll eventually win. And the win is the guy leaves and there's a divorce. <laughs> like the win isn't you win and you feel good. The win is you lose because ultimately yeah. the shit ends. But, and the thing, so Mo, I'm, I'd love to have Monica on the show. I know we've chatted about it. So she's, I'm going to hound her until she gets on here because her perspective <laughs> will be awesome too. But the thing about her, she's really beautiful. Like she's very like, she has a very strong presence, but it's, I find it feminine, but it's interesting when you're talking because that's, that's like, that's as powerhouse type of careers you can get really as a woman. I feel like, like to put you in that situation where it's all men and all that sort of thing, like that's for her to still be able to come through and, and be in that flow. That's extraordinary. Cause I don't think many women could handle being in a man's world and that's a really man's world and still it's very it's a very masculine environment um one one uh one truth in our relationship is the she is very beautiful she's she's also very intense mm -hmm. and and if you're not a strong person when i say strong i don't mean like you're strong competing with her you just own yourself yeah and I will, uh, again, open kimono. I was trying to, because when I, here's the thread, by the way, if, if you can follow this. When I was a young boy and I saw my parents divorce, it, it killed me. Hmm. Like, it, or nearly killed me. I'm still present. Um, I, I felt like the inside of me had just kind of died. And my father, I was really, I was really mad at him. I was mad at him for, um, for doing what he did. I was mad at my mom because my mom was confiding in me and telling me everything he had done. And I was just like, I just wanted out of there. And I would see her and I would do things to make her feel good so she could exist and she could carry on the next day. So I, I developed <laughs> a subconscious routine of pleasing her. And, mm. and trying to keep information from her about my dad and all his shenanigans or whatever he was not doing. It wasn't shenanigans. It was just 
I was trying to keep the info and the data from coming into her by just saying, oh, nothing, whatever, you know, none of that. So I developed this habit of pleasing her because I I didn't want to see her have pain. And Monica has a lot of pain in her life. And uh, I reacted in the same way. That was my programming. And what was interesting, this is really very interesting for business owners that that work with their spouse. I... I lost my mojo. Um, I, that's what I call my my. Yeah, uh, we do too. My masculine. I lost my mojo a long time ago, and it was for for a separate, unrelated event. And since then, I've been trying to like looking in the woods for her with <laughs> binoculars and shit. And like, Where did that shit go? Where is it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to shoot it, and then the arrow misses it and goes in the ground somewhere. So I, I rediscovered my mojo through this process of my own personal development. And it wasn't, it wasn't just Tony. It was like, it was like, uh, the, the leverage was coming in different forms. And what I noticed I was doing is I was getting away. This is really important for dudes that listen to your program and for, for, uh, uh, or for masculine that listens to your program and feminine that listens to your program what was really important for me to recognize was that I was moving away from my own mojo and I was moving away from my own success machine that I knew worked for me because I was trying to do for Monica Mm. and appease her and do it her way and all this other shit that we like, you know, some people at Tony events say, Oh, I gave my balls over to her, whatever, however you want to describe it. I was trying to do it her way to help her feel good about herself. And one of the reasons is, and again, open kimono is because she doesn't react very well to people that disagree with her. Mm -hmm. And that's her journey. And I'll let her discuss that. But when I say that I saw that I didn't want to deal with it. So I started pleading. And what ended up happening is I, I lost, I lost even more center line with myself. And when I had this awareness, I was like, Oh, snap. And what happened was the thing, the meter, it went from being a pleaser all the way to fuck you. I'm not doing it your way. I'm going to do it my way. And now it's kind of swinging backwards, finding center mass. Balance, right. It's finding the balance where I go, babe, I love your idea. I'm going to go. I like, I want to do it this way. And then hearing her firestorm, you know, like her, the lava coming out of her mouth and me going, I love you. Go for it. Do it. I'm going to watch you. I'm going to do it my way over here. And we're cool with it now because I, I stay grounded. Yep. Whereas before it was like, you motherfucker, I can't believe you did that and blah, blah, blah. And me going, okay, I'll do it your way. Right. And it's not about like, I'm going to do it my way just for principle. It's about doing it my way because I know that if I, like we're, I'm really um, operational and detail oriented. And I can take a concept that's floating in outer space and I can bring it down and titrate it into action. Monica can't, um, can't do the, in the same flow that I can. She goes from this concept that's birthed in the Andromeda part of the galaxy and she brings it to the stratosphere and then releases it from the stratosphere. And then that's where I catch it. And then I put it into action. So the two of us were not respecting one another's skills and neither of us can do what the other person does. But instead we were sitting on our, 
opposing camps going, you're fucked up. You can't do it how I do it. Right. And me go, you're fucked up. You can't put the shit in action. And we got, we got over that stuff. But for us to do it, we had to, we, we literally had to detonate the atom bomb. Um, we, we had to detonate the atom bomb and wait for the mushroom cloud to dissipate and see if we were still there together. Right. Does that make sense? That was amazing. And uh, I loved every single thing that you just said, and it hit home for a lot of reasons. And I want to say one of the things that, so the way of the superior man, I'm sure you've read it or have, yeah. yeah okay. So great. that is, it's your purpose, right? Like when you put your purpose before us and that's counterintuitive to a woman because we come out of the ho- the home and we think, well, I'm my parents, everything. Right. And then I go to meet this guy and I'm not his everything. What the fuck? And you get confused. And even in the beginning, when you are his everything, then we subconsciously and then consciously recognize that I can control the shit out of you. And, mm-hmm. and I don't want to. Right. I'm not, uh, the, I'm not conscious enough to know that's what I'm doing. And so in those situations when you say, okay, babe, I'm going to, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. You do what you're going to do. That moment is like, okay, he's standing up for himself. He's sticking to his purpose. I may be a little spoiled shit about it for a second and be like, but ultimately I'm like, that's hot. Cause he's doing what he feels purposefully he needs to do. Right. And we miss that. Like, you know, and, how did you feel when you had that awareness? Like he, I felt, I feel like, like the the amount of respect that came from me figuring that out for him was unbelievable. Up until that, I was like, you're a bitch. You're a pussy. You're not what? like, I might be saying, do this. And I could see him being like, I don't want to do this, but he did it anyway. And I'm like, look, I just controlled you again. Mm-hmm. So when I realized that that's what I was doing and that the antidote to that was him saying, fuck you, I'm going to do it the way I'm going to, and it, not in a mean way, but in a way like, I'm going to do this. Thank you, Kara. Yeah. But I'm still like, there's times where he'll say, I can't hang out with you. I have to do this. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so the kid in you is like, what do you mean you can't hang out with me? But the woman in you is like, damn right, you can't hang out with me. Yeah. And you start thinking, oh man, I'm going to tear his clothes off later, right? Yes. There, <laughs> there's this resistance where you're like, because it, it almost becomes this like challenge, right? Like, Yes. And, and then there's playfulness in that. There's no, there's no anger. There's no charge. It's playful because like, and, and, but it's respect. Like that's what it comes down to. And it sounds the same. Like Monica then started to respect your boundary. And, and when you find the mojo, it's when you start to establish those boundaries again. And, but men have it wrong, right? They think they have to be dicks about it. Well, no, you can still be like, I love what you're doing over there, but I'm still yeah. going to go do what I'm going to do. So I think it's uh and there's a lot of young people. This is why the podcast is what it is. I want to teach young because there's so much suffering in the 20 something year old arena of relationships. It's a gong show. It's a yeah. gong show. Like, <laughs> I have enough. kids in that air, in that zone. And it is, I mean, I've raised masculine women by mistake and it's my bad and I recognize it. So we're untangling all of that, but men roll over and then there's all this resentment. The woman doesn't feel like she has a strong man. The man's like, I've got nothing. Like I'm a wimp. We just gotta, it's not, and it's not, do you think it's hard to switch back? 
like to, to where you're feeling in your masculine? Or, yeah. Um, I think it's, uh, <clears throat> you know, another thing he said yesterday is one of the, one of the greatest places for spiritual development is in a relationship because you can't, you can't hide. You got to see yeah. your truth. Um, I think it is, is totally possible. It's not And one thing that, again, back to the black and white, you know, my Excel spreadsheet, multiple right. tap on it and shit like that. Forgiveness of yourself is not a event. It's a process. When you, when you make a decision to, to connect with your core and to, uh, appreciate it and to have gratitude for it, you actually, what you're doing is you're forgiving yourself. You're realigning with who you are. It's one of the most beautiful things you can do. And just like he, he um, illustrates, you know, people make decisions in a second. You can make a decision in a second. It's just how do you train your focus and how do you train your, your RAS to, to, as you're looking for stuff, what are you training to look on? So it's not an event where you, you go to some Day with Destiny event and it's like, mm. Yeah, man, I'm I'm good for the rest of my life. Oh God, if only. Shit, there's yeah, so much it's, more. Yeah, it's ongoing. It's ongoing because yep. you're 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 uh, you're do you know what you're doing is you're you're coming to the cliff. You're coming right to the edge of the the abundance of the universe. You're coming right to the edge of it, and you're standing there, and you're like, man, this is fucking scary. But man, it's exhilarating. And this is where Joseph Campbell in The Power of Myth, he, he um, coaches people and he, he explains how beautiful myth is because it allows us to transcend that moment we feel am amazing fear mm. in our bodies when we're getting ready to grow substantially. We get right to the edge and mythology carries us to the other side where we can experience the beauty in life and everything that's amazing about polarity when we're, when we're uh, in a relationship and it's, you know, and, and for 70% of the time it's abundant and flowing and everyone feels, um, uh, complete. That's, mm -hmm. that's what, that's what it's all about. Not yeah. to be sitting there scratching your balls on a recliner with a beer in your hand <laughs> or, you know, your, your significant other is serving you or to go around you know, handing a wood shampoo to your, to your significant other, giving them tasks all day long. Right. It's, it's really about forgiving yourself for not, not being what we're all capable of doing. Right. You know? And it, and it, I, I, I want to reiterate the, it's not one event. It's not one book. It's not one coaching session. It's constant. And, and I think. That's so true. It's, and it's exhausting. And I think my biggest, I would say my biggest um, thing is realizing to sometimes just be in the moment of what I've done instead of, cause that when I'm in my head, I'm like, okay, what's next? Okay. Yeah, how yeah. do I fix this thing? And I forget that I've done a lot of work and I need to, there's grace there and I need to chill sometimes, but it's not, you know, people say friends of mine, like, are you doing another event or you're doing another course or you're doing another? I'm like, well, yeah, like, I still, there's areas that I haven't mastered and my goal is to, and when I've mastered that, there'll be another area that I haven't mastered. And because growth is what keeps us alive. Progress is what keeps us alive. And yeah. especially in the marriage, right? Like if you were perfectly happy all the time, that'd be, get, that'd get boring after a while. Like there's gotta be some thing 
to work yeah. on, you know, maybe not huge things, but it's, it's kind of dull otherwise. Right. But, you um, can always, uh, you can always take it to another level of, uh, of depth. You know, what's, what is, uh, next speaking of that, what's next on the horizon for me is, uh, I've been really fascinated with remote viewing and it's actually a real thing. And it's, um, it's, what is it? it? Tell me, I don't even know what your, what that is. Remote viewing is, um, it's a process that was formalized and it was a process used for the cold war period where the army created or it it invited folks that had, um, either telepathic powers. They, they were empaths, people that had higher consciousness. Yep. They, they uh, brought them together and, and codified a system for being able to sit in one room and then go into what essentially was a trance state and to be able to see something that was happening on the other side of the planet or a location and what it looked like. And they yep. did it with freaking scary accuracy. Right. And they they would sketch out the drawing of like some missile site or something like that, that they were, they basically were, were transcending time going to that space, viewing it and then coming back to the present moment. And they were able to do it in a very systematic way. That was, um, was obviously it was a very classified uh, project. The, the movie, the men who stare at goats is based off of that concept of remote viewing. And Mm. I, I, to learn how to do that because I don't think that that's it's that far away from what we do now you know just accessing your subconscious and driving the show um you know one last thing I wanted to mention to you because you're you're making me think about this what's interesting is, is I have a I have learned and I've developed on new levels an appreciation and a respect for the the um feminine energy and the capability of it inside of me and also as an observing someone who whose core is feminine and equally developed an appreciation and a respect for the masculine energy as I experience it, but also when I see other examples of it. And what I noticed is there's a, there is a tendency um, in my mind uh, sometimes like these, these like little chess matches that Monica and I might have one every once in a while. There's like a, let's go Ramsey. Come on, let's get, come on, let's do this. Are you, aren't you gonna make a decision? And I'll, I'll kind of, I'll kind of hear what she's saying. I go, babe, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do. And there's uh, it brings me back to Aesop's fable and the, the story about the tortoise and the hare. And in that moment, I could feel the tension inside Monica. And in these situations that I'm referring to, it's when she's judging me and I'm just kind of existing. I'm letting her, her uh her test me but i'm in there going i'm running the same race you are i'm just moving at a same or a different pace and i'm going to get to the finish line at the same time that you are but she's going to do it like this and i'm just going to do it you know we're getting the same spot and once once i put it in that visual because i'm a very uh strong visual uh reference person some modality when i'm in that state and I, and I, uh, access it, it, it like brings the energy down where I can just be present with her instead of going, fuck you, leave me alone. Stop, right. stop getting in my head. Yeah. And it allows, it allows us to be closer together. Me, right. main grounded, et cetera. So 
That's interesting. Ken would say that is where where I'm flying past him and he's like, I'll do it, but I'll do it at my own pace. And I'm like, what the, what do you mean your own pace? This is bullshit. Hurry up. Cause I'm, yeah, I feel all of that. Thanks Ramsey. Awesome. (laughs) Anyway, where can, uh, where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you? People can go to our website, Nova Hypnosis. Uh, and then our, uh, that's our DBA. Our uh, business name is Peak Performance Associates. We do stuff online. We see people in person. Awesome. Uh, um, yeah. So uh, thanks for asking me to be part of this. I, no, I love, it was so fun. I love know. talking about it. I'd love to come back on and do round two, three, four. But I know Monica. Let's, let's get Monica. Let's get her and then let's get you together. Together. That's, that's it. I, I have totally a few couples on. It's it, awesome it, it, watching it. Have some sensors like tracking our eyes and what we're <laughs> and, like energy sensors as we're looking at each other. Going, oh, I love the you. Hell? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to give you the elbow. Now. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> Let's do that. Um, well, I've, it was so nice to see you again. I miss you guys. I, are you going to Dallas? Do you think? I think I might be there. I'll be there. I'm crewing. Are you crew? Okay, cool. I am. Yeah, I miss crewing. I haven't crewed in a, a minute, and I miss it so. I'll be there. If, as long as they let me leave Canada on an airplane, I will be there. I've booked everything. So maybe you guys can come pick me up. I don't know on a plane, whatever, but it's, yeah, hopefully it's all good. Hopefully. That's kind of important. Otherwise you're going to start yeah. driving now. They won't let me across the border right oh, now. Okay. We can only fly across. We can't okay. drive across. It's so annoying. So I know. I know. Yes, it is. As are many other parts of this thing. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> Uh, I love you and thank you so much for all your honesty. It was beautiful and I can't wait to see you guys soon. Oh, thank you. So good to see you. Take care of yourself. You're doing thank awesome you. things, Kara. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Bye. Oh.